Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burger Master. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burger Master is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burger Master on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team at Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. And what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. Welcome to uh, another episode of Real Hawk Talk. This is Brian Nemhauser at Hawkblogger on Twitter, and we've got a fun show tonight. Uh, this is a this is a breaking news version of Real Hawk Talk, and as a result, we couldn't even assemble the whole crew. Uh, you know, folks are off, you know, in Toronto doing crazy things and dealing with kids in Kirkland and. So we're bringing a powerhouse crew tonight, um, uh, back by popular demand. Uh, Dana O'Gorman, um, uh, at Dana OG uh, on Twitter. Uh, Dana, you were incredibly popular in your first uh, appearance on Real Hawk Talk, and you're, you set quite a precedent for our other new guests tonight. Um, we're excited that you are going to be uh, hopefully a, a regular contributor to the show. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad that you let me come back at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the, the reality is people really don't like most of us that are on the show and have problems. So having someone that's likable. You know, what's like, funny is that's not wrong. You're completely <laughs> correct. It's not even sarcasm. True. Yeah, it's, it's not even true. a joke. <laughs> yes, yes. Everybody in the chat is very happy that you're back. So, so welcome, Dana. Um, as, as usual, uh, unable to control himself, uh, Evan Hill, uh, at Evan in SEA uh, on Twitter, um, is back. Um, good to hear from you, dude. I'm, I'm sure you will keep it at ear-piercing, bleeding decibel levels uh, once we get into the, the core topics of the show. How you doing, man? I am doing well. Uh, audience, if you're listening, you well, I assume you're listening since you're tuning into the show. <laughs> if I go on a rant, whenever I go on a rant in the future, please screen cap. Dana's reactions. In time. But I won't be surprised. This it's time. just for my own, just my for my own personal meme use. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, we have a new guest, not a new member of the Hawk Plogger crew, but um, a new guest to Real Hawk Talk. So uh, Derek Gebby 
has been a relatively recent addition to the blog and has written, for my money, the best articles on the blog in the past uh, year. Um, really, really well researched stuff. Um, I will warn you, he is one of the analytics folks. So he and Nathan are like basically bunk bed buddies um, on, on almost every topic. But uh, he, he is a smart guy. And, and most importantly, he understands that Zeke Chita is significantly better than Papa Murphy's and it's not even a conversation. So Wait, do you actually believe that, Derek? That's very true. Yeah. Okay, well, let's Zeke, kick him off go, the show. It goes Zeke's, Pogliacci, and then Papa Murphy's. I will agree on Pogliacci's, but I won't get us off sidetrack. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. no. And, and I'm going to take the moment to to give a shout out to, to Zeke's up in Issaquah on the Highlands. Uh, give them some, uh, give them some, some uh, of your money. Get some good pizza. Uh, great folks up there. Uh, and Derek, by the way, on Twitter, must follow is at Derek, and he he does not want to spell his name a normal way. D E R Y C K G underscore. So I'm sure everyone listening, driving on the road or jogging, listening to this, <laughs> oh yeah, got it. I'm gonna immediately follow that guy because it's so easy to remember that that handle. Again, that's <laughs> at Derek D E R. Why CK? I literally have to look at it to to to. I can't <laughs> it's not myself. that bad. At D E R Y C K G underscore. So that is the Perfect. Derek that you want to follow. Um, uh, it's good to have you, dude. So, uh, Dana, yeah, we have a lot to talk about, and we only have about an hour to do it. So we do it, it. Today was a little overwhelming. I, I will tell you when the news broke <laughs> about Quentin Dunbar today. Our Chad exploded and I knew that it would because we were all assuming, I think, I mean, I'm going to ask you guys this here in just a second, but I'm kind of assuming that we all thought the kid was out that, you know, he wasn't going to play and the news broke today. And is it kind of sad and pathetic to be excited that someone didn't get charged with armed robbery? Because I mean, it's really not something you usually cheer about, but yay, he didn't get charged with armed robbery and hopefully he will be able to play it for Seattle this season in some capacity. We're going to talk about how maybe not in, you know, at least for the whole season here in a minute, but I want to hear from you guys. What was your first reaction? What was your first thought? Um, Brian, I want to start with you. What, what was your first thought when you saw that news? So I, I, I am the minority in this case. Like I, I, at no point was I thinking that, that Quentin Dunbar was not going to play this season. That was, that was, really? yeah, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, assuming he was, but I hadn't yet gotten to the point where I thought there was enough stuff that was different about what was going on with him versus Baker. And I was just waiting. I, I, and, and some of that's because I'm just not paying close attention. If I was like really, really focused on it, maybe I would, I would have felt differently, but I was like, all right, cool. And then my second reaction is like, okay, now what's the commissioner going to do? Because you just don't know, like Jaron Reed didn't get charged but didn't get suspended for the year he had it happen. And then a year went by and then he got a six game suspension. So who knows what's going to happen, but Mm -hmm. I will say my, my best guess is um, at most, I think he, you see like a two game suspension. And even if it's six, he's going to play for the Seahawks Mm -hmm. this year. That's a big deal. But you know, I, I have a hard time in, in, and I want us to, Eric, Evan, I'm going to go to you next, but you know, so we were super excited because we knew what this meant for this defense. And we're going to talk about how 
good the secondary could be here in just a few minutes. But I want to know what your first reaction was. But then I also want to know, you know, do you think he'll actually be suspended? Won't it depend on what they found? And it doesn't sound like they found much. I mean, it, it could be it could be that he just gets to come to camp. Yeah, no, those are really good questions. I, yeah. I'd say right off the bat, we should clarify a little nugget that Brian mm-hmm. dropped there. He's still on the commissioner's exempt list. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, say like tomorrow was September 7th, was a Sunday or whatever, he wouldn't be able to play tomorrow. So he has to be removed from the commissioner's exempt list to be able to play the season. I don't even think he can practice technically mm-hmm. right now. He could just participate in team activities. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the current status on him. We'll see what happens with him being removed from the commissioner's list. Several Seattle journalists, uh, Joe Fan was one of them. Um, a couple of others made some interesting notes on Twitter that were like, I'd be really surprised if, and you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but they, they would be really surprised if he was suspended. And I don't know if there's any inside information behind that, but you know, it's really hard to predict what the NFL is going to do when it comes to enforcing the personal conduct policy. This is something we've talked about on the show for years. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no consistency whatsoever. I think uh, without any inside information, it's a complete guess either way, 50-50. I have no idea what's going to happen. But um, to answer your second question, my my first response was I actually opened up Twitter and the first thing I tabbed was my notification just to go to the top. And because I'm OCD like that and (laughs) I see like 15 people just tagging me and I'm like, Oh, something happened. And at first (laughs) I thought it was clowny. So I, you know, I was excited for that or, or, you know, a potential clowny acquisition, but, um, this was incredible news. I mean, we've been talking about it all off season, um, I've been pretty, I, I would say, pessimistic about their offseason, frankly. And the no, one. No, <laughs> you, Evan, stop. <laughs> I should be clear, though. I'm the one sorry. move. No, you're right. You're right. The one clear that the one move that I've loved from the beginning was the Quentin Dunbar trade. Like, mm-hmm. relative to what they gave up, which was a f- fifth round pick, Pro Football Focus had Quentin Dunbar uh, rated as the second best. Um, uh, corner in, in pass coverage last year. So he, he had a really good season last year, 2018. He had a good year, but not as good. He was like top 10. Uh, he's a stud right now. He's a top five quarter in the NFL. Yeah. He's 27, 28 on the older side, something like that. He's not going to be, you know, a 10 year starter or something like that, but um, it's a, it's a huge upgrade for this, for the secondary and this defense, you know, Trey flowers, as much as I like him, got picked on a lot last year. Mm -hmm. He really did. And it was sort of a struggle to watch him play. So having him sort of step back into that cornerback four spot and learn behind Shaquille and Quinton, assuming he's activated from the commissioner's exempt list is really exciting. It's a, there's, I don't think you can understate it. It's a huge, huge upgrade for this defense. And we'll talk about it later, but they're looking like one of the best secondaries in the NFL. But here's my question, and Derek, I'm going to give this to you since you're kind of the analytical guy. The, mm-hmm. He hasn't had a full season yet. No. I mean, Quinn Dunbar has not played a 16-game season yet. Does that worry you? It worries me a little. I'm not going to lie. It's a little nerve-wracking. A little bit, yeah, especially you're dealing with, like, lower leg, lower leg, leg injuries, you know. Uh, I think he had an ankle last year. Um, and so you always worry about that, especially when it's been multiple seasons, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, see if it's, it's kind of a recurring thing. Um, 
but honestly, I'm not majorly worried, you know, um, even if you only get 10 games out of them, 12 games out of them, it's a huge boost. Um, you know, there's a lot of players that, that miss games occasionally. So it's, it's not a big deal if he misses two or three games, um, you, you still get, you know, for the vast majority of the season, uh, a pro bowl level player at that position. And that's, that's huge for the secondary. Yeah. I, you know, I was looking up his injuries and they were kind of, uh, when they were listing off his injuries, they even listed off mysterious, like a mysterious leg injury, <laughs> a mysterious, I'm like, why is the hell is this mysterious? He, you know, uh, okay. So we, there's rumors, you know, coming out of Washington football club. He's the kid's kind of a pain in the ass and we know that, you know, but at the same time, he plays at this crazy high level. And this is a classic classic Pete Carroll player, you know, disgruntled chip on his shoulder. You know, this is just perfect for what Pete Carroll loves to do. Plus the way that he plays, I, I think this secondary, and I'm, I'm sure that we will either all agree or all disagree because that's the way it works here. This secondary is going to be crazy good. Now at our turf of all that I write for, we always say it looks good on paper. Like, so everything's shiny on paper. We always say that, but even off paper, this looks pretty damn shiny for the Seahawks. I'm excited, guys. I'm really excited. Yeah, it's it's interesting about, um, I mean, a couple things about Dunbar is that he has played a little bit of nickel, which um, also factors in. I don't think he's going to play nickel. He obviously is going to start at a, at a wide corner position. Mm-hmm. And Evan's completely right which is rare that that Trey say Flowers, that out loud I, I I did God. I did I'm gonna replay that clip over doing? and over in my head <laughs> in my dreams but I, you know I was I've been pretty consistent on Trey Flowers as a guy that um I think is a liability at, at that position and I've taken a lot of flack for it I think he made some really nice strides last year mm-hmm. but he is not he was approaching an average starting corner. He was not approaching a good starting corner, you know? And I, and I think that he's, he's still in that transition period. I don't think that he is incapable of getting to be a good starting corner, but um, there's a massive, massive divide between Quentin Dunbar and Trey Flowers in terms of quality. So, um, you know, it's a huge, huge addition there. And, And I think that one of the things that, that, you know, we're going to have to go back and look at is, you know, I actually was trying to do this right now is, is has he faced anybody, um, you know, in the AFC West, NFC West um, and, and how has he done? Um, he actually did play against San Francisco last year. So I'm going to go check out that game. In a oh, second. Well, game. you want to, you want to find a game where he's like defending against a good quarterback, a though, good quarterback. So. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> be careful there. Got it. Uh, you don't want to look at the San Francisco game last year. I know he didn't do very well in that game. Skip that. I think his best game was against the Giants, right? Uh, he, looked, he, looked, he looked pretty good against Miami too, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go then. Philly though, he, they did, they, I mean, he, he looked okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't look at that San Francisco game, but here's the thing. I think that, I think we all agree. I like Trey Flowers. I think he did fine. I think there was a nice jump from, you know, his rookie year into, you know, those other years. I think that he started to get, he could seem kind of round out a little bit. I, with the injury history that Dunbar has, the mysterious injury history, it cracks me up. Um, I think that I would be okay with Flowers coming in. Like, I'm not panicked. You know, you could trust him for a game or two, or a series or two, you know, that needed, 
it doesn't make me as nervous as if it was some, you know, newbie kid off the street. I think that that, that is the nice thing about having flowers there. I agree. This isn't uh, this isn't a Kerry Williams situation over again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the contract was so bad. Well, aside from that, you know, yeah, it, it gives you some faith that if, if, you know, Shaquille or Dunbar go down, um, you know, you have a guy who started two full seasons basically at the position. I, I, I still can't believe they got him for a fifth round pick that just, well, I know he was disgruntled, but like, I think, I think the last thing we haven't talked about is that he only has this season left on his contract. For sure. And that's actually a point I was going to bring up is I just checked over the cap to confirm my suspicions are two starting corners, Shaquille Griffin and Quinton Dunbar. 2020 is the last year of both of their deals. So yeah. I don't know if it's uh, tiring, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I know these deals are so short. Um, but yeah, Shaquille Griffin is entering obviously year four of his rookie deal. Quentin Dunbar was extended, you know, three years, 12 million or something by Washington two years ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, the secondary is looking really good and projecting really good for this year, but there's no like <laughs> long-term financial obligations to Seattle. And the mm-hmm. only thing that I'll bring up that kind of concerns me and Dana, you were probably listening to this uh interview with John Schneider in the off season, he was asked by, it might've been Greg Bell about uh, Shaquille Griffin's like contract and, you know, the, the Seahawks like precedent in history of extending, you know, core defensive players a year before their deal is over. And they asked about it. And John Schneider's response was so weird. He like completely dodged the question. He was like, yeah, it's just not really top of mind for us right now. It was really weird. Uh, so for any fans that are considering getting a Shaquille Griffin jersey, I highly recommend you go listen to John Schneider's response to that. I'm not saying there's a whole lot there. It was just right. really weird to me. So I think that might, though, have had something to do with the question marks running the cap over the next few years. You know what I mean? That that could have a lot to do with that. They're like, you know, if we're to bare bones it, is Shaquille at the top of his list? Probably not. But, you know, it, it, it sounds like. Do you really think so? Like, like, who would you put who would you put above? well depends on how Dunbar does I mean they'll have to see how he does if they're gonna redo mm-hmm. him who else is up then uh let me go through their list actually yeah in real time. I don't know lock it lock it as what one more year after this yeah that's so lo- oh, that's a good one that was only a three-year deal so that's yeah. a good call out um that's highly unusual for the Seahawks in terms of contract stuff I think yeah. Dwayne Brown is entering the last year of his deal yet yeah, or 2021 is 21 yeah he has through yeah. 21 yeah And I I, doubt he gets extended. Well, I think he'll retire. I think that he's getting to that point that he'll retire. He might go for one of those. They might give him a one more year extension. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's like, okay, I think I'm fit enough to make it one more year. Yeah. And so they might do that. Rashad Penny's coming up for a huge extension. (laughs) Super excited about that one. Uh, Running back one moving forward. I feel uh, bad for Rashad Penny. I do too. I actually <laughs> I do, do too. I feel so bad for that kid. I feel bad for CJ Prosize. I feel bad for all the running backs. Maybe, but to go back to my point though, a little bit, like yeah. the Seahawks don't have a ton of like high level elite blue chip talent that, oh, Jamal Adams, obviously. Yeah. That's, the, that's the big contract extension that needs to happen. But that came recently. Mm-hmm. But, but the Seahawks like right now over the cap has them at, $55 million in cap space for 2021 and is outside that with the decreased cap. Uh, that is no, it is not that that's with two fifteen and Mm-mm. 
it's going to be under 200 yeah, next year. You're 100 percent yeah. right. So mm-hmm. it, let's say it's 200 and it stays yeah, even at the highest. Yeah. Um, still 37 mil in space. So yeah, there's room. There, yeah. I mean, there's room, and there's room to figure it out. To maybe they can, you know, push it down the line just a little bit or whatever. And then there's always the tags. You got to look at those too, and maybe they're going to see what happens next year with the cap, and then they can tag them out for another year. I mean, I, I think I think that they like the way Griffin plays. I think he has played the way they want him to play. So there wouldn't really be much logic unless all of a sudden someone said, oh, told the kid he was worth, you know, a zillion yeah. dollars and talked him into his head saying he had to get this huge dollar amount, which um, I don't know. I, I think the minute the Seattle drafted his brother, I think he had an affinity for the team. So I think maybe, you know, there, there might be something there, but I, I don't know. I think next year is, is a really hard guess just simply because of the question marks that will come around the cap. And you have to remember some teams are going to have extra cap room because they pushed that the players that opted out. Oh my yeah. God, new England is going to have money because they just rolled it over to next year. Yeah. And so, and Seattle didn't have that. They only had chance for Mac. That was the only one that opted out. I'll tell you what though, of all the players you guys mentioned, Jamal Adams is the only guy that mm-hmm. you need to sign. I'm, I'm dead serious. Like really? Shaquille, yeah, no, I'm not saying that you okay. don't sign those other guys, but Shaquille Griffin is not a, must keep player he he has not proven that to me he is so okay let me rephrase the question if he repeats his 2019 season repeats or better is mm-hmm. does that does the answer to that question change i, I think so i think so like I'd, I'd have to look at like the overall roster construction but um <clears throat> you're talking about like are you going to pay him like he is a richard sherman um for your defense like are you going to pay him as a as a cube as a cb1 for your defense. I don't know if I do. Like, I don't know if I want a four year, you know, what would the guarantees be for a deal like that for, you know, like top of the line corner market is right now Darius Slay at 16.6 per year. God, I wanted I just, him in Seattle so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I I like him. I like having him on our team. I'm happy to 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 do that. I, I I'm not even saying I'm against them re-signing him. But he's not a slam dunk to me. So Jamal Adams, bro, you got to sign. So it's a it's a it's a play consistency issue, not a money issue, or kind of both. Or it's 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 ceiling. Like what's what's mm. his established and sustained ceiling, um, and and then <clears throat> does he have more? Like is have we seen the best of what Shaquille Griffin's going to be, or can he do more? I, I think that's Brian. That's, I have a question. Yeah. If Dunbar plays the same way he played last year and Shaquille plays the same way he played last year, who do you pick? Ooh. Dunbar. Mm-hmm. Dunbar's already yeah. really? He's 28. He'd be 28 then at that point, though. Oh yeah. my God, you guys act like that's, you know, 7,000 years old. Actually, I mean, Sha- think about think about Sherman at that age. That was his prime. Right, but if, if you're extending someone for four years, right? I mean, Dunbar's well, 32. Seattle that's really getting up there for corners. And, and Shaquille's, you know, I think he's going to be what? Barely 25 this year. Yeah. Here's the thing, Derek. I don't think you're giving Quentin Dunbar a four-year deal. I don't think it's the mm-hmm. same deal for Maybe Dunbar. Maybe not. Maybe Griffin. not. So, I mean, I would rather have Dunbar at three years than have Shaquille at four, potentially, depending on what the guarantees are. And, again, this is all in a vacuum because I don't know where else. The, like, the defensive line is a disaster still. we got to know what where the money's going there. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll, I know we'll talk about that as well. But we are, yeah. we're already kind of talking about what will happen next year. I mean, I, I am curious where people's heads are about, like, where does this secondary rank? 
this year is most important. I always, yeah. I hate it when you start to get too down far down the line. And that's when, you know, we were talking last week, it was like, oh, well, he's only going to be around for three to four years. Awesome. I love that. You know what I mean? And so you have to keep in mind this year, you have to focus on what's going to happen this year, because that's all you can control technically. Can so, I read you something, Dana? Please. Absolutely. So, so you guys can listen to It's not just Dana. And I talk, <laughs> but So this is, this is an article written by PFF pro football focus, um, like in late July. And it was ranking the best secondaries in the NFL. And they had the Seattle Seahawks secondary as fifth in the NFL at that time. And um, they talk when about and this. What? <laughs> when was this written? Hold, the, at the end of July. So hold on. Just listen. Um, Quinn Dunbar, this is later in the article. Quinn Dunbar was supposed to step in and solve the Trey Flowers issue. But his role is now up in the air following an offseason rest. Dunbar was a perfect fit for the Seahawks scheme. Without him, that second spot is once again a major concern. Um, so, and then they go on to the very end with the trade for Jamal Adams. The Seahawks add one of the league's most valuable safeties and the number 20 player overall for PFF. Um, Adams is one of the few safeties who makes an impact in coverage in the run game as a pass rusher and can be deployed in several different ways. So, that was before they knew Dunbar was likely going to come back for the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. So if they, they had him at five with Trey flowers as the starter. Who's ahead of him. You guys want to hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Any guesses before I give you, I'll I'll give you, I'll give you four, three, two, Baltimore chargers, go chargers, Baltimore chargers, Ravens, San Francisco, Baltimore is the Ravens. Oh, I (laughs) just, Chargers, uh, <laughs> Saints probably are up there. Yeah. And so it, yeah. you guys got a couple of them. So definitely um, the Ravens are number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chargers are number two. Uh, the Patriots are number three. Oh, Gilmore, sure. And yeah. the Steelers are number four. Um, so I think they are certainly better than the Steelers with Joe Hayden yeah. and Steven Nelson and, you know, Terrell Evans is is fine but but and minka too but and minka right i mean yeah, but, they were huge additions last year yeah that was a huge impress Im- improvement obviously the patriots have gilmore who's the best cornerback in the league and um jc jackson's a good a good corner as well and mccordy's a great safety but jamal adams is i think mm-hmm. as good as gilmore in terms of you know uh, impact player you don't think so, Dana? I don't think not. No, I, you know, really? maybe, maybe I think he can be just maybe not with the team he was playing with last year. I mean, I'll give him that. You know what I mean? Put him in a little slightly different scheme. I, I Gilmore was amazing. He's really, really um, good. He's really, yeah. really good. But yeah, I think Jamal Adams is also that. I mean, level. he's up, he's, he's up there, but. And then the Chargers, I forgot they had Chris Harris. They um, did. That's a big get. So they have Chris Harris, Desmond King, who will probably move to safety, and Derwin James, who is a great safety. <laughs> Casey Hayward Jr. is also really good. So I, I, I would take the Chargers secondary probably over ours. Yeah? yeah. I hate to say it, but yes. But here's the thing. Ravens are ranked number one for them. And I love Marlon Humphrey. I wanted him so bad mm-hmm. in the draft. So bad. He went too high. But um, they've got Marlon Humphrey and they've sure. got, I'm not a huge Marcus Peters guy. 
Like, I think he's overrated. Maybe it's because the Seahawks burned him so much. Yeah. Super inconsistent player. Yeah. I do like Jimmy Smith, but I don't, I think he's a little overrated. And I think Earl Thomas is significantly overrated now. Oh, Earl Thomas is, he's not a, he's not a top uh, five to seven safety anymore. I think he's like top 10 to 15 probably. Derek is smirking like he has a different point of view. No, I think Evan's close. I'd say top 10. I think he's got um, yeah. Still, yeah. You get the top five. Yeah. It probably gets a little sketchy. There were just some plays last year where he's just slow. Like, yeah. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. Like old Earl. Yep. Um, you remember D- Derek Henry just like turning him around <laughs> and like pushing yep. him. him. Yeah. Like that would not happen <laughs> to 2014 Earl Thomas. Oh God. No and that, way. doesn't that break your heart? That is, that's one of the worst things about being a football fan for a long time is you see that age kind of creep in, you know, I'm a huge Sherman fan. I know that's not a popular thing to say with Seahawks fans. I'm a crazed Sherman fan, but right even now you start to see little bits and that breaks my heart, but I think you're right. He has, he is not the Earl Thomas that he used to be. Is he still in a magnificent player? Of course he is, but do the people around him bring up that say that secondary more? Yeah, I think so. You know, it's, it's not all on our own. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious. So Dana, would you take the Seahawks secondary over the Ravens? I not think Dana. it'd be real close. I think it would be real close here. Here's the thing. I instantly go into the divisions that they play in. And mm-hmm. so if you're just looking at the players, just the players, if you look at just the players, if Dunbar can make it more than 10 games, it'd be real, real close. It'd be real close. Evan, it's okay. You can talk now. Breathe, Evan. Breathe in three nose. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. It's, uh, they're about even. That's, yeah, yeah that's the, not amazing that that's a conversation. It's a cop out <laughs> answer, but I'd call them even. <laughs> but it's no, it's not a cop out because it's pretty true. And you have to look at, you have to take into account the divisions that they play in. You have to, you know, and the and nickel so, corner spot. Like I, I would well, say that Seahawks have the better safeties, the Ravens have the better corners, is what I would say. See, I'm not even, I'm like, yeah, I, li- I, I like Humphrey. Cool. I like Humphrey better than any of the Seahawks corners. Hmm. but I like our other two corn. I think I like our two corners better than any of their corners other than Humphrey. Um, I think the Seahawks, I mean that the secondary, as soon as you get to the nickel thing, that's the big question mark. Like, Marquise Blair, baby. Oh, Marquise Blair. He's, he's going <laughs> to compete at nickel and Pete Carroll confirmed it. Pete Carroll confirmed it. Pete Carroll drives you crazy. So why would you believe what Pete Carroll said? <laughs> Pete Carroll is a liar. Pete Carroll's never lied. <laughs> Pete Carroll Jesus. is a serial liar. I want to be very clear about that. We all know that to be an observable Good fact. God. No, he Good absolutely God. lies. All head coaches lie. Pete Carroll is just a master liar. Pete Carroll lies, but not in this instance. I see people in the chat saying Blair is underrated. The next one is Blair is going to be a bust. I would say, like, I don't think Blair is underrated. I think that a lot of people are very high on Blair. I think that the team hasn't found a way to use him yet, and he hasn't found a way to be trusted yet. I just don't – his body does not profile as a nickel corner. Like, it just doesn't. So, like, I think he's a great athlete. I like him in a position where he's on the field and can make plays. Maybe they see it as a place where he has less choices to make, and so he can Mm -hmm. just, like – fires gun and go hit people but 
straight nickel corner, not some kind of special big nickel three safety kind of look where that's zoning it. I don't like it. <laughs> so like, I, I have to wait and see what I'm, I, I, I guess I'm going to stick with my perspective that he will not be a nickel corner in this defense where he mans up with a slot receiver. I don't think that that's going to happen. Not with slot receivers. I think we could see some stuff like they did with Akeem King a couple of years ago, uh, matching up against tight ends. Cause he is, he's what six, one, two, something like that. So he's got a little bit of size to him. That's fair. That's fair. Can we, can we guys, can we talk about another part of the defense? Are we, are we good with the secondary talk? Can we move on a little bit? Do it. You tell, tell us where you want us to go, Dana. Oh, so we've got to talk about this clowny Griffin Matthews, which catches in my throat and I'm really hard time saying that out loud. And then Darius got thrown into it today. It's, it's bizarre what's happening. And we were all talking about how we can't decide if it's bait and switch to get clowny to sign, if they're just playing the game, what they're going to do. And the one consensus that I can see off of Twitter, and I want to know what you guys think, is that while most people want Clowney in Seattle, they would really be okay with Griffin. And I have to say, I'm one of those people. I would love to see Everson Griffin in Seattle. Evan, do we agree? Oh, no. Everson Griffin, Everson Griffin should be an addition, in my opinion, regardless of what happens with Jadavia and Clowney. Like, I think they should move. What was that? I'm going to have to rethink my position if we agree. <laughs> I, I think he, I think, I think they should move money around to make him possible, mm-hmm. regardless of what happens with Jadavia and Clowney. Now, I'm just going to get this out there because I heard the words Clay Matthews. Fuck Clay Matthews. I don't want Clay Matthews near my football team. I don't either. Fuck this em. is why we can't have ads running on this show. Because Fuck him. You know. He's a dirty son of a gun. I don't want that type of player on my football team. I just don't want him. I'm sorry. I like that you go with son of a gun. You, you, yeah. you, 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 you censor yourself Clean there. A little bit. You couldn't pay me to put him on this roster. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want him. No. I don't want him either. And, you know, forever he will be a Packer. I don't care what team he played on. It's just I don't like the way he plays. I don't like the look of him. I think he's annoying. I don't want him anywhere near Seattle. And I think that was definitely the major consensus from everyone that I read um, on the Twitter. What if he did to Jimmy Garoppolo what he does to Russell Wilson? Would Would you like that a little bit? No, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't root for injuries. I I just think Clay Matthews is a, a dickhead and I don't want him anywhere near my football team. He's a son of a gun. Yeah. I don't like him. I don't either, but we have to, I mean, in, and Derek, what, what are your thoughts? Do I don't know that Clowney is a possibility. I don't know that I care anymore. I'm tired of hearing about him. Be honest with you. I've let that ship sail. I I just, Oh, for sure. The cap's getting short. Um, it sounds like he wants still uh, a lot of money that the Seahawks really don't have unless they, again, they can make moves. You know, I think KJ Wright is, is a potential cap mm-hmm. casualty if, if they would choose to go there. Um, but I think Everson's a great, uh, great player and they'd be, they'd be lucky to get him. I'm shocked that he's still out there. Um, I don't know what's taking so long for him to sign. Um, Cause I don't, you know, unlike Clowney, I don't think he's asking for, you know, $15 million mm-hmm. to sign. So it's interesting that he's still out there. And I, I think he has interest in Seattle. So that would be a great addition. I really, 
really thought though, that maybe he was deciding whether to play or not, like if he's going to opt out or not. So I thought maybe that he's telling people, listen, I don't know if I'm going to play. So maybe that's what was taking, but that's ship has sailed. So I, I don't know, get him signed. I know. I agree. Yeah. Brian, Brian, you really want Clowney in Seattle. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I think one of the things that, that I still feel is a, maybe misunderstood or, or not talked about enough is the assumption is like Clowney Griffin um, Matthews, they're all edge players. So they're, it's like, you know, interchangeable somewhat in terms of the role that they were playing, but Clowney actually is very good on the inside and can play interior and the Seahawks interior pass rush is a much bigger issue right now than their edge rush. And I know everyone, not everyone on this podcast is excited about Benson Mayo or Bruce Irvin as rotational pass rushers. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're upgrades over what we had last year for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that we've got some young rookies that are edge with Alton Robinson and Dale Taylor. We'll see what happens with those guys. Who knows? And then you got Rasheem Green, who could be better than the four sacks from last. So, So there's some promise on the edge. Interior, who do you have? you have to hope Jaron Reed somehow is like better than he was last year. And you don't know that he could be, but we don't know. And that's pretty much it. So like, I, I think Clowney, that's why to me, he's worth more than the other guys. Is he worth, you know, however, who knows how much he's asking for, but he also is a better run defender than those other guys. So mm-hmm. those two things are different than the other two players. So if you lose Clowney, and you sign Griffin, I think it's great from a just additional pass rush perspective, mm-hmm. but you can only have so many edge rushers on the field. And so, um, you know, I think that adds more depth than it does. And I think it does add a little to the ceiling. Clay Matthews, I don't have the same like vitriol that you guys have for him. I mean, it's fine. I get, I get it. He doesn't, he doesn't like tick me off in the same way. Um, if you got him, I don't think he raises the ceiling of the defense. I just think he gives you depth. Mm-hmm. And, and so Griffin, I do think raises the ceiling of the defense. I think mm-hmm. he's a, I think he's a significantly better player than, than Matthews. So yeah, I, I definitely want Clowney. Um, I'm not going to lose hope until, you know, he, the, if the Seahawks sign Griffin or Matthews for, you know, a chunk of change, then I'll probably say the door's closed, but this could all still be posturing. We'll just have to wait and see. Thing. I, I was, was going dying to say something. <laughs> I, I was getting Always. really hyped because I was remembering a phenomenal football player by the name of Al Woods, who Brian slandered consistently. He's not playing this year. I know. I was going to make the joke until I realized and remembered he opted out. He's not playing. So my joke doesn't work. You know, I got to jump in there because, first of all, you had no idea who Al Woods was until I told you he was going to be a good player for this team. No, you're right. You're totally right. And, and then he was really good. You were, like, excited. And then I got mad when he got suspended for performance-enhancing drugs because that was mm-hmm. – team needed him, and that is ridiculous. All he has to do is stick in the middle, stop taking drugs, like, just be fat in the middle. Like, that's what you got to do. So that was annoying. <laughs> True. <laughs> But he is not a pass rusher, dude. That, that That's off topic. Like, the Seahawks don't have an interior pass. Unless LJ Collier. I hope he figures it out. I really, really do. Would there be any greater, any greater shock? Like, name me another, th- than if LJ Collier ended up being a contributor. Is there another player that if they ended up being an impact player for the Seahawks this year, would be a bigger shock 
than LJ Collier? I don't think so. Jason Myers? He's already a high-impact player for this team <laughs> in a positive way. I mean, I mean, John Ursua wouldn't be as big of a shock. I think people expect yeah. it from Ursua, right? Like he, you he, saw he, moments from he, him last year. I think if David Moore took a big step forward, I'd be pretty shocked. <laughs> no, I'm not slandering him at all. Like, like yeah, I just but don't. he's already done more than Collier's. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. It's kind he's of had production. I mean, Collier had a half a tackle last year, I think. Like, I, th- I think someone in the chat says this, and I think it's probably fair, but Shaquem Griffin, like I that would be a like pretty the way he tackle. plays. Because I just don't know where his position is. But what do you at? I mean, they used him in the ed- off the edge, like in a pinch last year, because they had yeah. absolutely no but edge presence. He's, he's and that but that should decent- be improved. He's had some decent plays on special teams. I think that he's a special teams player, and I think that we've seen, uh, you know, some some good out of him. I don't even know that LJ Collier could play special teams. I mean, he could. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not. He's a kid. I mean, he's got to, you know, give not him really. a minute. Five. Well, I get it, but I'll, I'll, I have to. I have to answer this question for Jeff Simmons, Brandon Jackson. Our new defensive, uh, our new defensive player. He's gonna be so mad. He's a new contributor to the team. Super excited about his ceiling. Got some real potential to make it make an impact. Can I? Do you guys remember though? Go ahead. Derek. Do you guys remember when he first got signed on the team in like 2017, and he had like four pressures in his first game? I no, I don't remember that. You guys don't remember this? I remember this specific because because somebody asked Pete. Cause they signed him off the practice squad and Pete was like, yeah, we just kind of found this guy and he ended up working out pretty well. So, so it seems like ever since then, they've just been enamored with him. I, I have to go on a little bit of a, I have to represent Jeff about Brandon Jackson. I think <laughs> as excited as we were Dana about the, the Dunbar news, I think we, there was as much just <laughs> melancholy. about. There was some dismay yeah, about the Brandon Jackson news. And here's the thing, like Jeff and I, Jeff takes it to another level, but he and I are very much aligned. A player with a low ceiling that has no unique physical trait that, that, you know, or unique like playing trait that takes up a roster spot is maybe the worst thing in the NFL. Like I would rather have Jamison Kant's, on the the roster or Christian Sicoli on the roster who at least there's some potential that maybe they put all their physical skills together and something pops then have someone with a low ceiling and have like a Tim Ruskell player on the team I just it drives me nuts and it's nothing you know nothing against the guy nothing against the guy himself but from as a football fan Brandon Jackson is everything I don't want on the team yeah, I, oh, Jeff's going to be real mad. We had this conversation without him. <laughs> we'll just all say that. Now, I want to know your guys' thoughts on bringing in DJ Reed. Free safety oh. got him from San Francisco, which I'm excited. the 49ers fans' heads explode that we were picking up their crumbs, and I told you that irritated me because I'm like, pot kettle. But yeah, so they're, obviously he's not going to play right away. You know, he's going to, it's going to take him a while to heal from his injury. But I mean, there's some upside to this. First of all, 49er fans need to shut the fuck up about <laughs> them taking our players because they took Richard. Sh- Not only did they take Richard Sherman, they just saw- didn't they just sign Ezekiel Ansah? 
and and uh Dion Jordan Seahawks legend Dion Jordan they're stealing our players okay so this is a little tit for tat it's not a big deal all of them. <laughs> Cassius Marsh. That's not cool. to mention that their GM has uh, been very overt in saying that he has patterned himself and his approach over uh, to Pete Carroll and John Schneider. <laughs> he has, yeah. No wonder they lost the Super Bowl. Derek, this may be a short-lived uh, appearance on the show. I needed that. And out. <laughs> but seriously, but, yeah. I, I think, you know, you can always have a, a good insight into the quality of a player by how uh, opposing fans, like the fans that, that uh, lost him, react. And mm-hmm. I didn't see many 49ers fans that were like, oh, good riddance. Right. There were a lot of folks that were like, damn, like they were hope the Hordeniers were hoping that he was going to go through waivers and that they could stash him on uh, the injury list. Mm-hmm. Yes, claimed him. And this kid's he's a legit he profiles as a nickel corner. Now, the challenge is, is he's not going to be healthy. He may miss the whole season, but yeah. at the very earliest, I think he's got a torn peck or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think the earliest he might play is November or December. But imagine, let's think best case, because come on, that's fun. Uh, Quentin Dunmar's there. Uh, you've got a Shaquille Griffin. You've got Jamal Adams. You've got um, uh, Quandre Diggs. And then, you know, maybe you've got a decent nickel. And then Reed comes in and you've got a young quality nickel. Mm-hmm. That's cheap. Um, at just the right time. That could be a, like a great finishing kick for, for the end of the year. So I, I think it's I think it's an exciting ad. And too. I thought it was a pretty good idea, especially, you know, you're getting, he will hopefully become available as those injuries start to add up too. So you never know when you're going to need him. And, and so, yeah, everyone's like, what's the point? What's the point? You know, we can't play. Oh, there's always a point. There's always a point where you are going to need that type of player. And, and, and you were right. The 49ers fans were not happy that he was gone, which is always a good thing. Yeah, I agree. Now I want to talk real quick. Cause I know we got to go here in just a second. Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown. Josh Gordon, please. Yes. Does anyone want Antonio Brown in Seattle? He's the better wide receiver. I'm not going to lie. Russell Wilson. Well, uh, I, I, Smith. I would be really curious to hear Russell Wilson's like thoughts on right the reasoning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I just want to hear from him like in a press conference or something. I I just want to hear the rationale, and I'm not saying I'll agree with it, but I. I think fans really underestimate the headache he could pose here. I, I agree. I, I, and I'm not doubting his skill at all. Um, I just think, imagine, you know, it's week 17, go back to the 2019 season and the Seahawks are playing the 49ers at home. Okay. In a divisional rival matchup for major playoff seating implications. What Antonio Brown did to the Steelers it, is mm-hmm. is he opted out basically he decided he didn't want to play in a game just as important mm-hmm. like that scenario for the Steelers it's not even so much he, he's a total like idiot honestly but like i that incident of him just deciding you know, I'm annoyed at Ben Roethlisberger and I don't want to play football his teammates multiple Completely. times yeah. Raiders over a helmet. Like yeah, it's insanity. Here's the thing that really, I, I don't think people totally understand is, okay, let's say that they add him. 
And can you imagine him being satisfied getting less targets than Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf? Either one of no. them? No. Mm-hmm. And so then you've got, you've got a guy that's going to demand like a lot of targets and Russell will probably try to placate that. So I think that makes you potentially worse, but let's, let's assume best case that he's as good as he was best receiver in the NFL. Then you've got a guy who's quit on teams before multiple mm-hmm. times or had other issues pop up. Imagine having your team like rely on that guy as a major part of your offense. I mean, we had Josh Gordon last year. He was willing to get less targets than the other two guys. And he did add to the team. And yes, he left the team for a different reason. And so you can't really count on him either, but you know, it wasn't because he quit on them. So to me, it's, it's not even close. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, I think Antonio Brown is a, is a never sign. Um, mm-hmm. under any circumstance. I, I think that, and I don't know Russell Wilson personally, obviously, so maybe this I'm wrong here, but my guess is, is that Russell Wilson has a little bit of the bleeding heart Pete Carroll has. He sees these players and he thinks he can fix them. And sometimes it works out great, Marshawn Lynch. Other times, doesn't work out. There is no fixing Antonio Brown's ego. There's just not. And, and I don't think, and I can see where that pull would be there for them, it just is not going to work out in their favor. Work with someone who is working their tail off to get back to the NFL like Josh Gordon is. That's my thought. And I I, I don't even want him stealing snaps from DK. No, you know what no. I mean? Like his development. Like I'd much rather, even if it means like Metcalf is doing less net like yardage wise than that, I'd rather Metcalf mm-hmm. get those snaps for his development. Like mm-hmm. just not interested in Brown at all. Nope. And the, I mean, and no one even mentioned that the fact, you know, as soon as he signs, he's probably going to the exemplus anyway. True. And then going to service suspension. So it's, he wouldn't it be around anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true, guys. Hey, guess what? Our time is up because Evan's guts to go. I do. We have a game night tonight, a Zoom <laughs> virtual game night with our friends. Uh, highly recommend it during quarantine. Please don't make their ear ble- ears bleed. How many <laughs> bottles of wine? <laughs> It's White Claw night, baby. It's oh, Friday nice. night. All right. <laughs> oh, see, now you lost me, Evan. I, I, oh, Do you not like White Claws? They're good. No, I have taste. I don't like White Claws. <laughs> Come on. Jeez. All right, fair. 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 Oh. Hey, this has been fun. Um, I want to thank uh, Dana for hosting and uh, keeping us under control and Derek <laughs> for joining us, uh, even with his little rabble rousing. We can put up with a little bit of that. Uh, you did your best, Nathan. Uh, that was nice. Um, <laughs> and uh, if folks haven't already, please uh, click subscribe. Um, click the little bell to get notified when we go live. Um, as, as you're seeing right now, you don't know when we're going to go live because news breaks at different times. Guarantee you if clowny news breaks, we'll be back on pretty soon. So um, yeah, click subscribe, join over at patreon.com slash hawkblogger, sign up, um, get added to uh, our private Slack channel where you can harass Evan one-on-one. It's a lot more fun that way. Um, and otherwise, uh, have a wonderful weekend. It's been great uh, talking Seahawks and uh, go Hawks.